from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Menno, is in session. And good Thursday morning from the Mercy One Studios in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mantle, and with me is Gina Noel. Gina, how are you? I'm well. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Time to wrap up another month of this year. That's right. That, that, put it in the review mirror. That's right. We like to put the whole year in the rearview mirror. That's right. This time. Just a yeah. month at a time, Deacon yeah, Mike. A month yeah. at a time. So Tuesday is the first. That's which means right. that I have to go around the house changing all the calendars. That is a daunting task. No kidding. Yeah. You still oh, have calendars. Yeah, I still have <laughs> calendars up with pictures of kittens and dogs and whatever, you know. Oh, that's and then sweet. we have the church calendar in the kitchen. And, sure, that one's yeah. helpful. I yeah, love knowing what today, each day is celebrating in terms of right. the liturgical And I, ha- and I have calendar. a similar one in, in our bathroom where we're getting ready. I can look and see the, you know, what, what day is today well, and uh, you know, wh- whose who's feast it is. Since they shut down the entire world, really, mm-hmm. the first part of March, late part of February, um, I've lost track of days. So maybe your method is is important yeah. because you'll know room to room what day it is. And Well, and I've mentioned before here, it, my wife has been working from home and uh, I work from home. And so and we meet at noon in the kitchen <laughs> for lunch. But uh, with us both being home, we do le- lose track of the, the days. Is this Friday or is it Saturday? Is it, you know, whatever? And, uh, yeah. I completely empathize. I, I know what day Thursday is. <laughs> and yeah, you haven't missed a show since that's the right, pandemic. That's so right. And good. I know what day Wednesday is because that's the day I prepare my column for the Wanderers on Wednesday. And uh, so, and I send it in as soon as I get back from the studio. So That's good. That's good. Hey, I wanted to get your opinion about this. I noticed this week that um, Justice Roberts sided mm-hmm. with um, some of the more left-leaning judges in deciding, again, not to hear a case um, during the pandemic of allowing churches to um, have at least as much liberty as casinos. In, this case was in Nevada, and it... Um, the churches were only are limited in Nevada to fifty persons per um, mass or service, um, but the rest of Nevada is allowed to have fifty uh, percent capacity. So the churches said, "Hey, justices, help us out here and tell our governor what's what." But they refused to take the case. He did the same thing in May with another case out of California for the churches. What's going on? How come we people of faith have to be treated differently and our Supreme Court won't come to our rescue? Yeah, I'm surprised with Roberts that he's kind of made this flip-flop. And I don't know who he's trying to win favor with or if he actually has a change of heart on some of these things. But he did not appear to me when he was going through his confirmation and in the early years on the court that he was going to uh, rule the way he has done. Um, there was an abortion clinic case recently where they had uh, the law was you had to have hospital privileges um, to be an abortionist, exactly. and he flipped on that uh, when he was first on the court and it first came up in one from one state. He was all for the regulation. Then it came up again and he decided stare decisis or precedent takes precedent over what is going right, on, he and, he, and he kind of flip-flopped rule. on that. And, uh, and that, that bothered me. There's several other things that, uh, that bothered me, and, and, and especially since it seems to be that the, the conservative judges, the ones that are appointed by conservative presidents, are the ones that tend to flake a little bit on these things. You don't see the liberal justices flaking on any of these things. They all kind of stick together, and uh, and the result is that uh, uh, some conservative justice then becomes like Kennedy did 
the swing vote. Right. Now, the only thing I can think of on these uh, these cases is that perhaps they looked at it and said they have other cases in the pipeline that they can hear. I don't know why they wouldn't bring these up and consolidate them all. But uh, the other thing is, I mean, a, a practical reason, if you look at this, this involves a, the um, corona, Wuhan virus, whatever you want to call it. It, it. Might it be over by the time we get to hear this case? But there's still no reason why they can't. Uh, I- interject um, or issue some permanent injunctions or temporary can't injunctions. Can't they do an, an injunction would, and yeah. tell the governor, listen, you can't treat these two separately? Yeah, or just send a case back and say, yeah. rethink and this the thing. The other thing I don't understand is uh, these don't all the judges understand religious liberty and the, the founding of this country and its ability to give us all the the, the right to practice our faith. Yeah, we had Brad Dacus on the program from the Pacific Justice Institute a couple of weeks ago. Remember how, how he referred to the, some of these people as the pro-God folks and the anti-God folks? Well, that's and I think, what it looks I, like I think anyway. That's, yeah, and, and, and to go along with what you're saying here about the limitations, you see the NFL has just issued rules that say that the players can't go to an indoor church service uh, where there's more than X number of percentage of right. the thing. And it just boggles my mind how people can come out and uh, and decide that uh, your faith isn't as important as this little liquor store next door being able to open it. Yeah. Wow. So as I said before the show, uh, we, invoking God mm-hmm. in all of this it, m- m- Gives it more sense. Mm-hmm. But honestly, right now, I don't see how this is all going to unravel itself. Well, like I told you before the show, I'm waiting for the locust to be dropped <laughs> on us here. You have a prayer to open this up do. with. That's important. A prayer for peace today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of the earth. Turn to your way of love, those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. We're going to be back in a few minutes. We're going to talk about a case out in California with Vimeo. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. According to a 2019 Global Food Security Report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help all of them. Most of us can help one. One child. Your gift of $1 a day through Blessman International provides a child in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. To get started, go to BlessmanInternational.org and click Sponsor a Child. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com, Ashworth Vision Clinic. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Robert Tyler is the Chief Counsel for the Advocates for Faith and Freedom. They're located out in California, and Robert is joining us now. Robert, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Good to be with you again. Thank good. you. Good. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think it's been a couple of years since, uh, of course, we had a two-and-a-half-year hiatus on the program, so <laughs> that's one of the reasons why it's been a long time. Um, you're um, involved out there in a, in a case with uh, in, involving Vimeo, the... Um, um, I guess the social media platform. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm not really um, familiar with how Vimeo works, but I understand that you can put up uh, messages and videos and uh, have subscribers and have people listen to your message. I guess that's... Yeah, it's just, it's just like a YouTube okay. uh, channel. Yeah. Okay. Now, you have a uh, pastor that was using that as part of his ministry, and he got thrown off. So why don't you give us a little background on what is happening and, uh, and why they threw him off and uh, what, uh, what is going on with, uh, with him. We have a, uh, so we have a, a wonderful client who's a, a, a pastor. Uh, he now runs a ministry called Church United. And uh, he was, uh, for a number of years, he was in the homosexual lifestyle and decided uh, that uh, he no longer wanted to be in that lifestyle and uh, came out of it. He ended up finding himself going to seminary and uh, became a pastor, an assistant pastor at a church, and, uh, you know, his life uh, just just changed. And and so uh, now he runs a ministry called Church United, as I said, and, and what they do is they have a, a channel, and he basically shares his story. You know, he gives his right. testimony. Um, he he goes around and he helps pastors come together to get engaged politically um, and in their community. And so what he did is he posts these videos on Vimeo um, about, one, about his testimony. Uh, two, there was a time in California a couple years ago where the uh, governor and the, well, really the state legislature was attempting to pass a bill that would ban counseling of adults as it relates to sexual orientation issues and right, so the conversion a, therapy bans that's right what, well they that's what they would call it mm-hmm. conversion therapy you know and uh and so he posts these on vimeo and they canceled his account entirely and uh said you're no longer welcome on vimeo and so when he came to me i said you know this is a bit unconscionable because in california uh no business has the opportunity to be able to discriminate against anybody on the basis of uh, race, religion, color, creed, sexual orientation. And so, you know, if you're a, if you're a grocery store and someone comes into your uh, shop and says, I want to, you know, buy this or that, um, they don't have the ability to discriminate against someone on that basis. Even better said is a, uh, a Vimeo, a YouTube, a Google, or whoever it is, should not have the ability to be operating in California and to be able to have rules that apply to them differently when it comes to discrimination. And so uh, what we did is we filed a lawsuit uh, against Vimeo on the basis that state law prohibits them from discriminating. Well, uh, we we come to find out that this this same law that uh, uh, is allowing the discrimination in the censorship in social media is the same law, this federal law called the Communications Decency Act, uh, is something that they're relying on to give them a justification and legal backing to be able to discriminate against anybody, whomever they choose, for whatever reason, even if it is in violation of state law that says you can't discriminate against an individual uh, based upon their race or religion. So here's the gist of it all. V- Vimeo all the big tech, Google, YouTube, you name it, any, any tech company that's operating online, for the most part, has the ability to, to tell someone anywhere here in the state of California, based upon uh, the district court's ruling here, and that, that they have the ability to tell someone who's black, 
I'm not going to serve you because I don't like the color of your skin. I don't like you because you're Catholic, and I'm not going to serve you. Nowhere else and no other business is able to do that. But the big technology, based upon this Communications Decency Act, can do so. But here's the thing, is that the reason why they're able to do that is because the courts have misinterpreted the law. They've misinterpreted this law for um, at basically in the Ninth Circuit, and then it's kind of getting getting spread. So we're actually, this case is being heard in New York, down in uh, Manhattan, because Vimeo is based in New York, and they say uh, this is where our, uh, our venue is we, with our the defendant, right? Exactly. So we're litigating this in New York, uh, in, and we went to the district court, and I told the district judge, I said, look, you don't have to follow the Ninth Circuit precedent because the Ninth Circuit's wrong. This law, Congress never intended back in 1992 to give this kind of uh, outright ability to discriminate against persons because of their race, religion, color, or creed, or sexual orientation. And this is wrong. And it's, a mis- it's, it's, a, it's an absolute misinterpretation. Anybody who reads the statute looks at it and says... All right. Uh, you know, no, they, the, the only time that they can cancel someone's account or, or censor somebody like that is uh, uh, if they're acting in good faith. And so there's this good faith exception. But other than that, they don't have that right. And Congress has basically, or, or I should say the courts, have ignored that. So now we're going up into the Second Circuit uh, there in New York. And, uh, you know, so hopefully we will be able to... Uh, when in the Second Circuit, and the, and the Second Circuit will give a reasonable interpretation. Frankly, if we win this case, this will help resolve so many issues that Congress is presently... Uh, well, we saw you know, yesterday in the, uh, the hearings uh, on, uh, uh, with uh, Facebook and those guys that were there, uh, and the, uh, the discrimination against, well, not just this one church, but against a lot of religions and against conservative thought, too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, the what's happening right now is there's, there's such a firestorm in Congress uh, over the discrimination, and there should be. Right. Uh, right. But what's kind of interesting is our, our, our little case that we're litigating right now is really this big case. It really hasn't captured much attention in the media. The media hasn't wanted to talk about it. Social media doesn't, you know, let it get put out there. I think that, you know, our case, if we win this case, it will absolve or resolve so many of these uh, these contentious issues. So and if, you, if you win this case, it seems to me that it would require these uh, platforms to no longer be allowed to cut anything that just um users would have free reign was that would that be a good analysis or am i off base um you're off base just a tad but not far here's basically what the law says is the law generally says that the um the users uh have the have the right to be able to be on there however the uh media platforms or the technology platforms have the ability to uh to cancel or censor someone only if they're acting in good faith. Now, the good faith uh, issue has never been properly interpreted. It's never really been properly interpreted by the courts, and it's never really even been implemented. implemented. So my argument is that, look, good faith would mean that they're not discriminating uh, irrationally. So, for example, they can't just say, well, because you're a former homosexual, um, we, we don't like what you have to say. Uh, because you are a Christian, we don't like what you have to say. Because you are a conservative, you, we don't like what you have to say. So if we can impose... See, these are private agencies. These are, right. all of these are, they're all private companies, so the First Amendment does not apply to tell them, because they're not, if they were government agencies, it would be different, but they're not. They're, they are private entities. So the First Amendment does not apply to them. Uh, so we have to, you know, Congress has this opportunity to go, okay, well, we can apply the same rules that apply to them because they're business, 
those rules should apply to them just like it applies to the, uh, you know, the grocery store down the street, the florist down the street, and anybody else. Interesting. Yeah, it, it seems to me that the, one of the real dangers here is that this is involving a church ministry. And we have a situation right now in this country where we have so many of our churches, our pastors, you know, even even our, our priests and our masses in the Catholic Church are now online, and their preaching is online. And it looks now, uh, if, uh, if Vimeo is upheld in this case, that any, uh, any of these organizations can pull you off their platform at whim. So if they don't like the a particular church's teaching on homosexuality or on marriage or on premarital sex or anything like that, that they can just pull you offline and say, you, you, you don't fit our standards. Hey, you are exactly right. And, 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 and think about this. Here we are in this shutdown. In, in, you know, once, particularly out here in California, uh, we're sitting here and they shut all the churches down. And they say, you cannot meet. We could not even meet outdoors. We were told, okay, for two weeks, you know, uh, Vice President Pence comes out and says, let's just do a lockdown, you know, let's just close down for two weeks, and, and then we'll reopen. Well, here we are, we're going on five months. And in California, churches cannot meet indoors any longer, or, or they can't meet indoors still. There was a short period of time where we were able to, they opened it up, and anyways, long story there. But basically, here we are where churches are told, you cannot meet indoors. Uh, you can meet outdoors uh, in some places. They don't even allow that in some cities. But bottom line here is they're trying to tell us, look, you can rely on social media. You can rely on these platforms. Stream on Facebook. Stream on, do live stream on YouTube or these different platforms. But the reality of it is is there's a lot of churches who, you know, do, who, who might t- be teaching, and when they teach, they teach something that is contrary to what, you know, YouTube has in their, you know, their requirements of, you know, you can't teach about conversion therapy or you can't teach about the fact that somebody might be able to turn from uh, their, you know, differing sexual ways. Mm -hmm. If you teach against adultery, if you teach against sin, if you teach against anything that is politically incorrect, they could ban you and censor you. So here we are, we've... our, our, our so many churches uh, have come to rely on this live stream, and so many of us have walked away from our First Amendment liberties thinking, well, it's okay, we can operate, and we can uh, just go ahead and share our views, on, or we can, we can do church online. But at any moment, the big technology companies could come together and say, okay, not only are we going to put a ban on on." conversion therapy, but we are also going to put a ban on any teaching that says Jesus Christ is the only way. And, yeah, and the minute right. they do that, we're but all, he, we but are he all is. offline. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he is. We'll argue with him on that. <laughs> so so it's, it, we are in this very, very precarious position, and this is one of the things I've been talking about. Uh, you know, we're out here battling, uh, fighting church fighting for churches to get them reopened. We've got three lawsuits against the governor right now to have them reopened. We're filing a lawsuit on behalf of schools to get the schools reopened. Yeah, I just saw that. Uh, And you were hired, I guess, by the, uh, what is it, the Orange County Board of Education? Yes, yes. And, you know, hired is a a, uh, funny word because we're actually doing it for free. You're doing it pro bono, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it, It would be nice if they actually were paying us, but... You know, we do this out of our ministry, um, and we take these cases on pro bono. And I'll tell you, right now is a—I've never seen such uh, discrimination or or such a battle for religious liberty going on throughout the country, but really especially in California. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in the backdrop of all of these battles is is the fact that, you know, government is telling us, look— Stream online, and people are getting used to sitting on their couches on Sunday morning and watching church online. And it's dangerous because of what I just expressed. Mm-hmm. We can be shut down at any point in time. And 
and I think we could all understand that uh, a friend of mine uh, gave this analogy. He said, you know what? Watching church online is like watching a campfire on TV. You just don't get the same yeah, experience. Right. And in some places uh, where they allow churches uh, to congregate, you can't sing. <laughs> so today we are filing our, uh, our opposition to the state's motion. The mo- state is, is moving to dismiss our lawsuit because we filed the lawsuit against the state saying your ban on singing and chanting in California is unconstitutional. Right. You don't have the right to come into a church building and tell us how we can worship, exactly. pandemic mm-hmm. or not. Exactly. And so, you know, here we are today, we're filing our opposition in that case right now. And I'm and just here again, baffled that they even need to be reminded of that. Well, how, how did that get lost in our, in our, at this level of government and, and, and in our society, in, the, in the America, in the United States of America? Well, here's what's happening here in California, as well as in many other states, uh, Governor Newsom is is running everything because the legislature is not in session. The governor, you know, issues a, a state of a state of emergency, a declaration for the state of emergency, some you know five plus months ago. Right. And and then the legislature uh, disbands. They say we're not going to meet because of coronavirus, and the governor is acting like a king. And so we are no longer operating in, in a democracy. You know, here in California, we have a democratic form of government, and we no longer have our legislature to even speak to because they're not in session. So the governor is solely making these decisions um, within his own administration. And, and this is the same governor that I sued back in... 2004, when he was issuing, this governor was mayor of San Francisco, Governor Newsom, he was issuing same-sex marriage licenses, despite the fact that the people of California all voted to say marriage can only be between a man and a woman. He didn't like that. This, this, this mayor at the time, governor, now, News, now Governor Newsom, says, I don't believe that this is right. I think it, it's a constitutional violation of the rights of individuals to marry whomever they choose. And so he began issuing same-sex marriage licenses in 2004 as a mayor, and I ended up getting us to the California Supreme Court. I shouldn't say I, my team, and, and the folks that we were working with, we, we took this to the California Supreme Court, and we got an injunction against uh, then-Mayor uh, Gavin Newsom. Sounds this to me like you guy. two are getting pretty chummy. <laughs> back and forth in all these cases. We've only got a short time left, and uh, I do want to give you a chance to uh, uh, give out your webpage address so that anybody that wants any more information or even perhaps make a donation to the cause might be able to uh, contact you. Wow, thank you. Wow, I appreciate that because uh, it, we are in an unprecedented time. We certainly are. And, yeah. and uh, you know, frankly, I have a private law firm where I make a living uh, doing business corporate real estate work. However, because of what's happened since COVID came, uh, I've, I'm almost exclusively working uh, uh, in the nonprofit along with uh, other attorneys in my firm. It's been tough. And quite frankly, we're trying to raise money in the nonprofit Advocates for Faith and Freedom. It's, uh, our website is faith-freedom.com, uh, faith freedom dot com. You can go there. You can get information. You can you can donate online. And I'll tell you, we would greatly appreciate it. I'm I'm at a point right now where I really need to hire two attorneys, and I and I I'm grateful to be there uh, on your radio program because we can hire attorneys now pretty much anywhere in the country. They don't have to be sitting here in California, uh, and and we can hire good attorneys who know how to research, write good analysis. We really could use some some additional help, and um, Lord willing, someone will hear this, and maybe uh, we'll be able to raise a little bit more money. So thank certainly, you so yes, much. send your send your checks and your resumes. <laughs> to yeah, exactly, Robert yes, Tyler, Chief you. Counsel for the uh, Advocates for Faith and Freedom in California. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. We certainly appreciate it. God bless you. We hope you do well. And uh, we'll keep in touch over these cases, see how they're coming. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will be right back after these messages.
Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. We have high pressure over the area. Looks like that'll stay with us through the upcoming weekend, so rain chances will be low. Partly cloudy through the afternoon and will be in the mid-80s. Wind will be a little bit gusty. A few clouds in mid-60s overnight, then mid-80s and mostly sunny tomorrow. The weekend looks fair. The weather is brought to you by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. And we're back. We're leaving California and heading to Michigan right now, where we have Robert Muse, who's the chief counsel for the American Freedom Law Center. And um, Robert, uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. We're doing very well. We were out in uh, California a few minutes ago uh, with uh, some of your uh, colleagues out there from the Advocates for Faith and Freedom talking about uh, Vimo, I guess it is, um, canceling um, a pastor's talk uh, out there and pulling his his videos down. Um, And we have situations in Michigan that aren't much better. Uh, You have a um, uh, I suppose a rogue governor out there who has taken things into her own hands, and she's uh, now at one point has banned um, weddings in your state. Yeah, it's it's um, it's it's pretty egregious what's going on here. This, uh, this pandemic, as it were, has now become uh, an excuse for trampling all over the uh, the U.S. Constitution. Right? right, no longer is the Constitution the supreme law of the land. But these uh, various governors fiat, right? And and we're seeing it in mostly the, uh, you know, the the states that have governors who are liberal governors. Michigan uh, Governor Whitmer um, is a prime Czar example. Whitmer, isn't she? And 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 Como and Governor yeah. Como in New York. We have multiple lawsuits against him. You got Newsom out in California. It's it um, it's it's gotten pretty bad, and unfortunately, the courts are abdicating their role and their responsibilities. We saw just recently the U.S. Supreme Court. Not granting the injunction, where in Nevada, you know, you can have a casino open, but a church isn't open. Yeah, we um, talked and, about and that at the beginning of the show. It just it baffles it, my mind. 
It, it absolutely does. And, and here's what's interesting. You know, Governor Whitmer, at least, and I'll give her credit in this regard, she has, from the very beginning in her executive order, executive orders, exempted places of religious worship and those who attend places of religious worship. In fact, at one point, uh, when the, the churches were closed because of the bishops, not because of the governor, I sued the governor on, be, on my own behalf. I've got 12 children. I've got, you know, three, three of my daughters have families. We have 12 grandkids. They live locally. And, you know, we want to worship at my house. We want to pray. We want to gather. And we sued, and we got an injunction. And, and my private residence was considered a place of religious worship for my family to gather. And, in fact, we had our priest come and did a, a Mass for us in May um, on our anniversary and renewed our vows and everything. It was terrific. Um, and, Congratulations. But then, uh, recently, well, thank you. Yeah, 30, uh, 33 years. So it's, uh, we've been, uh, my very wife and I have been very blessed, 12 kids, and just we just had two more grandkids when I were up to 12 we grandkids. We can tell you're Catholic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> absolutely. And what you described sounds blessing. like something that should be available to every person of right. faith throughout this country. The, a- absolutely. And and what's interesting, so I this um, this wedding venue out in the western part of the state contacted me because they got a cease and desist letter from the Department of Public Health and said they can't hold weddings at their facility, right? And and so we immediately filed a, a lawsuit and a uh, request for a temporary restraining order. And unfortunately, the the judge denied the the uh, the restraining order, and so they they weren't able to have the wedding that they wanted to have. So you, for example, in this place, this facility, and it's a it's a newer facility, so it has air purification devices, and you know so many things that all the churches do not have. But when even though the the executive order exempts religious places of religious worship and those who are at places of religious worship, and this is a direct quote. This is what the Ottawa County Department of Public Health said: "quote A wedding reception is not a religious worship activity; it is social gathering." And a wedding ceremony, even if a minister is involved, is not a religious worship service, as those terms are used by the governor, end quote. And it's shocking. Absolutely. So, yeah. granted, on, on one hand, they say religious worship is exempt, and then on the other, they're saying, well, a wedding is not a religious worship. right? And even, you know, as we know, I mean, Christ performed his first public miracle at the wedding at reception, the wedding. as it were, right? The right. wedding feast, he changed the, the water to wine for the wedding guests. Good thing he and, wasn't in Michigan. Know, Exactly, and, and we exactly, and we know, you know, as Christians, the, the wedding banquet, the wedding feast, is is an essential part of the entire worship. But but that's not permitted, and the wedding uh, worship part is banned. The other thing to bear in mind, I mean, this place that wanted to have the wedding ceremony there, as well as the wedding, you know, the wedding feast, as it were, has food service licenses, and in the state of Michigan, food service establishments allow to operate at fifty percent. This wedding facility could hold up to 190 guests at 50%. The wedding that they wanted to have only had 170 guests. So they weren't even being treated the same as restaurants are being treated in, in the state of Michigan. Unfortunately, and I've, I've been suing, this is, I think, my third or fourth lawsuit against Governor Whitmer. The, the first two lawsuits we filed, um, we got everything that we wanted, the TRO issue. That was the one where I sued on my behalf. But the courts have been steadily ruling against us. And, it, and it's all coming down from the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, Chief Justice Roberts in that other California case um, that came up where they denied the injunction, they're relying on this case, this 1905 case in the Supreme Court, Jacobson, where they upheld Cambridge, Massachusetts order that required people to get vaccinations for, uh, for smallpox. And that now has become the, the courts are abdicating their role. They're leaving it to the pure discretion of these governors and, and these restrictions are just getting more and more draconian. And the problem here in Michigan, and we're seeing it in other states as well, there's, there's the, under Michigan law, there's the Emergency um, Management Act, where the governor can declare right. a state of emergency, but then after 28 days, she has to go back to the legislature and get approval. So at least there's a measure of legislative oversight. Well, when the legislature wouldn't extend it, she invoked this 1945 law, that's the Emergency uh, Powers of Governors Act. And so she's doing this unilaterally, even mm. on, so it's just one government official, and the legislature sued her, and that case is actually going to be heard in the Court of Appeals um, coming up here shortly. The, the, the lower court, they call it the Court of Claims, where these cases are brought, ruled in favor of the governor. So the governor is not even, does it, there's no legislative oversight. The, our legislative, our elected officials are, have to sit there mute while the, uh, the governor is doing whatever she wants unilaterally. I mean, this is not the way our government, our form of government, our constitutional republic was set up. And when you have the courts now abdicating their role, 
not to legislative and executive branches, but just to a chief executive. Boy, that's that's the definition of tyranny. And, and in and your case, you have an, uh, another whammo hitting you, and that's that uh, your attorney general is not very reliable. Oh, our attorney general, I mean, she's in the same camp with our yeah. governor. In fact, quite frankly, I think she's probably worse. Um, she's like, uh, and it's interesting, they're, they're almost... I compare them to the Eric Holder and uh, Barack Obama combination, right? Barack <laughs> Obama was obviously a dangerous progressive, but the one who was, was very dangerous was Eric Holder. He's the one that weaponized the office of the attorney general. All these things that we're seeing going on now in Washington, D.C. with the, you know, quote-unquote deep state, and I know people roll their eyes over that, but it, you, I mean, you can see it playing out in real life. That's a holdover from Eric Holder, putting in his henchmen in the Department of Justice and the FBI and, and weaponizing that very powerful office. Our attorney general here in Michigan is the same way, and she's a she's a hardcore left wing progressive. She's weaponizing the office of the uh, of the attorney general, and it's I mean we're in dangerous times. Elections have consequences, and I hope people will realize that when it comes uh, this November. You know who they're going to vote for, because these these um, you know these emergency powers, right as we know, once the government has power, it's almost impossible to get yeah they don't get rid want, of they it, don't right? want to let it go right. I, but, no, it, it's it's like the toll booth they put on the bridge, right? Once we pay for the cost of this bridge, the toll booth will go away. Oh, no, it won't. Yeah. We're going to continue to take your taxes, right? Yeah, it's well, just a way of... Or do we still have an excise tax that's paying for the Spanish-American War. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's just the way that the power goes. And this, yeah. and you know this pandemic, you know, we have flu seasons every year. Yeah. I mean, this is this uh, climate change, right? You've been, I've been even seeing some of these politicians talk about what climate change is as much a uh, public emergency as, uh, as this coronavirus. So now, all of a sudden, you know, our constitution is not going to apply because some government officials declare a public emergency. I mean, this is this is dangerous times. Yeah, it dangerous certainly times. is. Uh, what do you got going against the governor of New York? Um, a couple of lawsuits. We okay. sued uh, first. We sued uh, on free speech grounds. They have, you know, they have these restriction on outdoor gatherings, including um, First Amendment protest activity, which applies to everybody but you know these Black Lives Matter protests. Right. They're limiting them to just 25 people. We have a client who wants to have a you know, massive protest against the Blasio's, um, you know, Mayor de Blasio in New York's uh, policies, draconian policies, and she's prohibited from doing so. They're going to ticket her. Meanwhile, you know, hundreds and hundreds of Black Lives Matter movement, which is a Marxist movement, uh, are out there on the streets, and you have the governor and the mayor join them. I mean, you had Mayor de Blasio out front of Trump Tower painting a, painting a Black Lives Matters mural in front of Trump Tower with, you know, 50-plus people not wearing masks, not social distancing. So the rules don't apply to them, but they, they apply to everybody else. We had a hearing and an argument in that case uh, last week in the uh, district court for the Sun District in New York. And next week we have a hearing in our lawsuit against Governor Cuomo for his travel restriction. Right? If you travel from any one of these restricted states, which most of them are red states, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days in New York before you can travel through the city. And these quarantine restrictions are, I mean, they're onerous. It's like it's being house arrest for 14 days. You could face up to a $10,000 penalty if you don't comply with that, uh, with that rule. And the, the, there's a long line of cases that, that you can't interfere with the interstate right to travel. Right? We don't have a league mm-hmm. of nations. We have a united nation. Right? And that's almost language from cases back as you know, early as the 1930s and, and continuing up to now. The Commerce Clause. About, and what's interesting about uh, it, it's, it's covered by equal protection, mm-hmm. covered by due process, and it's covered by the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the Constitution. It is one of the fundamental rights as a private citizen to be able to travel through each state without being in, uh, inhibited. Not to and mention Como, right, multiple Supreme Court rulings that have protected it. Multiple, multiple. And, and you know, he's the consummate professional, uh, professional politician, Como. He can, he can speak with sincerity out of both sides of his mouth. Because right? <laughs> remember when Trump... When Trump was uh, talking about potentially having a quarantine for uh, people from New York because New York was the epicenter of the disease, oh my goodness, Como was like, "This is civil war. This is civil unrest. I've never seen this before." And then you had this the uh, governor from Rhode Island who said, "We're going to start checking New York license plates." Oh, if the governor does this, we're going to sue. This is a this is discrimination. It's a violation. Now here's Como, you know, doing exactly what he was what he was lambasting everybody else for even suggesting. Right? They never put right. that in place. They just made a suggestion. He put it in place with uh, with severe restrictions. So we have our arguments on this case next Thursday. Now, what I are, the, how many what are the answers back on these? Because it seems to me that, that we have, in, in many areas of the country, we have governors and mayors who are starting to just absorb power. 
and they're not wanting to give it away. They're not wanting to give it up. They want to rule themselves as kind of like their own little dictators, and, yeah. uh, and, and they're sued, and in so many places they keep winning. What is the yeah. argument to give all of this power to uh, one person in, in, a, in a given territory, either the governor or the mayor or the county executive or whatever you want to call them? Yeah, it's most of them are relying on that Jacobson case from 1905, where the the courts essentially abdicate. Even though Jacobson doesn't stand for that proposition, um, but they give a lot of discretion to executives during time of public crisis and public emergency. I think the the judges are just abdicating their role. I mean, it's sad. We, we're seeing a total breakdown of our constitutional system, and hopefully, we can we can fix this in the ballot box. Because if we can't fix it in the ballot box, I hate to think what the next. Uh, you know what the what the the next step is um, to protect and restore freedom, right? We, you know, I, I early early on I used to tell people when I did interviews about some of our cases. You know, it's one thing when this pandemic struck and everybody was frightened by it. We didn't know the details of it. You know, Americans we're good neighbors, right? We're willing to to Im- take upon restrictions on our freedom to protect our neighbor. You know, we're willing to send sixty thousand healthcare workers into New York. People do it on their own. They'll volunteer. We will help people out. Right, that's our that's our nature. We are the we are our nation. New York has been taxed those people, by the way. I know, <laughs> but but we're also, as I told them, we're also the same people who threw tea in the harbor in Boston. Yeah. Right. So it's one thing when we when we're doing things because we want to be good neighbors, we want to help each other out. But now when it's like, okay, this is tyrannical. We're also revolutionary people, right? We don't like this type of tyranny, and you know the way we re- we resolve that, and you know, I, it's. Our founding fathers, the genius of our founding fathers, we have a First Amendment. You can peacefully protest the government. You can use the right to freedom of speech. You have the right at the ballot box. But they also gave us the Second Amendment. And I just, you know, you, you, and because they understood it, sometimes there's, there's such tyranny that you can't, that you can't stop it. Yeah. And it's, and it's, a, you know, we're, we're reaching a very frightening part in our country. But I, I think this, these elections are going to start, I think the American people, by and large, right? You don't watch CNN. You don't watch any of these other. This, it is fake news, right? They're they're the they're the uh, echo chamber for you know for this left wing ideologue ideologues. I think the American people are conservative in nature. We're freedom loving people, right? Live for your die, and I think they're I think they're going to speak loud and clear at this ballot box, uh, you know, coming this uh, this next November. And unfortunately, I, you know, I think we're going to see cities like Chicago and New York, you know, more riots and arson and you know all these peace-loving left-wingers who throw Molotov cocktails and, and the likes. But I think the, uh, I think the American people are, are more conservative. I think Whitmer, her next chance that she gets on the ballot box, I think they're going to throw her out on her heels. Well, we'll if, put if you a recall between now and then. Yeah, we'll we'll put you down as undecided on all these things. Robert. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Before well, we go, I, we know only, I don't have too many opinions. Yeah. <laughs> before we go, we've only got a couple of seconds left. Um, you have a website. Uh, if you could give that yes. to our listeners, so that anybody wants to contact you, or uh, I know you're uh, uh, another one of these uh, pro bono uh, outfits. Uh, so uh, donations, I'm sure, are um, certainly going to be accepted. But what is that website that you have? It's a thank you. Yeah, it's AmericanFreedomLawCenter.org. Yeah, all the litigation we do is uh, pro bono. It's for the for the good. Um, we don't charge our clients. We rely on charitable donations, and it's much appreciated. Our Facebook page too. You can get to our Facebook page through that website. I I uh, update that almost daily. There's always something new, new story with one of our cases, um, or, or something dealing with this COVID pandemic tyranny that we're we're experiencing now. All right. Very good. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say thank you for having me. Oh, okay, certainly. It's always a pleasure to know. Certainly. Robert Muse, Chief Counsel for the American Freedom Law Center, thank you for joining us. And we will be right back in three minutes. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you, CTI Ready Mix, for your support of Dowling Catholic Boys Baseball Broadcast. CTI Ready Mix has been serving Central Iowa since 2004 and has become a leader in Ready Mix concrete production. With 50 mixer trucks and locations in Johnston, Grimes, Elkhart, West Des Moines, and Carlisle, they are capable of supplying even the largest projects in Central and North Iowa. CTI Ready Mix, 1001 Southeast 37th Street, Grimes, 515-276-9567. Online at cti-ia.net. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Thank you to Skeppington's Formal Wear for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. The annual Mary's Meal Benefit Concert at Jasper Winery, hosted by Willie Farrell and music from Final Mix. Food provided by the Knights of Columbus. For more information, visit Mary's Meal's concert Facebook page. Groups are invited to sit together but asked to keep six feet apart. The annual Mary's Meal Concert at Jasper Winery, 2400 George Flag Parkway, Thursday, August 20th, 6 p.m. Learn more about Mary's Meals at marysmealsusa.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. And we're back. Quite a show, Gina. I am just amazed at how this program has evolved over time to point out different religious liberties cases throughout the United States that now mirror each other throughout the country. Yeah, like I was saying, it's uh, some uh, some like putting out a like putting out a fire with a garden hose. You know, it just is the fire keeps spreading and the hose doesn't get much bigger. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm glad these uh, lawyers are working for our best interests. They certainly are. They certainly are. We want to thank them for what they do. And uh, again, uh, if you contact them or have uh, any spare change you want to send their way, they can certainly use it to, you know, it costs a lot to um, do a uh, have a lawsuit. A legal case. And, right, mm-hmm. right. A lot of a lot of stuff needs to be done. All right. Pretty much done. Let's uh, close with our prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it for this week for Gina and myself. Uh, Thank you for listening. Join us next week. We're going to talk about uh, attacks on Catholic education and parochial schools. Um, we look gonna, forward uh, to that's that. Gonna, yeah, that's going to be important, good one. for sure. That's going to be good. One. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Paul and Paul and Imogene Ingredient, for helping us stay on the air. And uh, we will see you all next week. Until then, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients.